Jamie Donahue. Welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you? It's great to be on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And what a what a great morning to be with the two of you. So thanks for the yeah, time. Great, yeah, great meeting you. Thank you for for your time too. So you were talking about you're from Florida, right? Yeah, I'm living in Naples, Florida, and uh, with my wife and son. We've been here about a year. We've been in Florida for, I don't, gosh, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years. So we're just now adjusting to the heat. <laughs> so, so in Arizona, we have what, you know, like the dry heat. Uh, I've been to Florida. No such and, thing. That's what they call an oven. Oh, right? my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's, I can't deal with the humidity. I, I, I can deal with the heat. I just can't deal with the humidity. I'm right there with you. I mean, they're good days and bad days, going half mad days. So, but you have like the beach right there. This is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our, um, you know, I'll send you guys a great sunset tonight. So, um, uh, but we we get the we get to go to the beach. We get the the sea breeze, as they say. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we love we love being here in Florida. Love traveling. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's amazing. Um, Gustavo and I did an episode on the Camino for uh, St. James Feast Day not that long ago. Yeah, I, when... I listened to it. It was great. Hell oh, yeah. thank you. I mean, it's for two guys that haven't done the Camino. Uh, <laughs> we sure could talk about it. But now we're like, oh, let's talk to someone who has, has actually done the Camino in other pilgrimages. So that's how we stumbled upon your um, your podcast and your uh, YouTube channel. Um so you are a pilgrim. It's, it, can, can we call you like a professional pilgrim? Yeah, I don't kind know. Of? I think, you know, guys, I, I think I thought of myself when I, I first started walking pilgrimages as kind of a reluctant pilgrim, because oh, okay. when we think about pilgrimage, right, it's, I don't know, it's sort of this storied thing through history. And we, we hear about, you know, people of all faiths and, and you know, making these sort of epic trips, um, mm-hmm. you know, to Christian shrines or Muslim shrines or Buddhist shrines and giving all of themselves to the journey. And I thought to myself, gosh, I, I don't really measure up to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't look and feel like what I'm doing because I started thinking of the Camino de Santiago as kind of a bucket list, right? Like I wanted to okay, have a cultural experience. I, I wanted to intersect my life with the history of, um, you know, all, all the pilgrims who had walked before kind of walk in their footsteps. And so I was really a reluctant pilgrim, I think, to start. Um, so I don't know if I would be a professional pilgrim, uh, now. I mean, like you say, I've walked in a few places. I've done the Camino de Santiago, um, in the United States, I've been walking the California mission trails, um, up through California from San Diego towards San Francisco the 21 original Spanish missions through California. Uh, I've been over in the UK. I walked uh, from London to Canterbury on what's called the Pilgrim's Way, um, originally to the shrine of St. Thomas Becket, and then from Canterbury to Dover. And then the way of St. Cuthbert, which is such an an incredible pilgrimage walk through Scotland and Northumbria uh, to Holy Island. Um, where if we got time, I'll tell you about it. We, you actually walk across the receding tides of the North Sea oh, to wow. St. Augustine's Abbey uh, on oh, the holy island of Lindisfarne. There's a great is pilgrimage. Is that where and the then, ruins are? Yes, absolutely. Where the, Henry VIII destroyed uh, that uh, monastery. So, so many of the English shrines and, you know, the, the, the things that man builds you know, mm-hmm. to honor the relics of saints, um, were destroyed in 1538 by Henry VIII in the English Reformation. Um, and so, you know, we think about pilgrimage and my background, my family, get out the old, what is it? 23andMe and Ancestry.com yeah. and all of those, yes, right? Yes, yes. And my family is kind of Irish and English and okay. Scottish and like, I'm a mutt. I've got like a bunch of stuff thrown in here. Right. So, but, um, you know, when we think about the, the faith practices of like the English, um, versus the Irish, you know, where we've got a lot of Catholic Irish and a lot of Protestant Anglican English really stemming from the English reformation, because up to that point, you know, the, the largest, um, Christian denominations were all Catholic in England. And 
the entire practice of pilgrimage went away um, during the English Reformation because it was illegal to venerate okay. the saints. Yeah, it was illegal to, you know, celebrate the relics of those who's who had God had touched their lives, you know, most directly on earth. And and that whole practice became something that eliminated pilgrimage in the UK. So it's just coming back, which is great. And then this summer, um, I most recently walked uh, through Italy. I walked to St. Peter's Basilica. um, And and that was a really cool pilgrimage um, because I actually, on that trip, I actually carried the prayers that people had written me. Um, I had about uh, 70 people who had written to me saying, you know, please pray on my behalf. So I carried their prayers and prayed for them nightly along my own pilgrimage to St. Peter's Basilica to Rome. So uh, I don't know, maybe I'm starting to be an amateur pilgrim, um, but it's something I'm, I'm really enjoyed because you meet so many people along the way. Mm-hmm. You go to places that yeah. kind of inspire questions for you and maybe enlighten a few answers. And there's such this brotherhood of people who are, you know, either seeking an experience, seeking insights, seeking to learn something about themselves. And uh, it's, it's yeah. a, more than a hobby. It's really fascinating. Honestly, there's so many things that you were talking. It's like, I just one question, one question, one question. Let's begin with mm-hmm. which was the first pilgrimage that you did? And um, why did you decide to, to do a pilgrimage in the first place? Yeah. Great question. Thank you. Um, Walter, I did the Camino de Santiago, um, which is the way of St. James that you talked about in the last episodes, um, which go down and listen to that episode. It's a fantastic exploration from the St. James feast day. Uh, you guys just did a fantastic job with it, but I thought, um, the Camino de Santiago is such an, uh, an accessible pilgrimage. Um, you don't have to know a lot. You don't have to be a backpacker. You don't have to be a hiker. You don't have to you know, you really don't even have to know where you're going, uh, along the way or how you're going to get there. (laughs) Um, because for more than a thousand years, the Spanish people, the Portuguese, the the French people have all taken in walkers who are making their way to the shrine of, um, Santiago, James the greater in Santiago de Compostela. So, you know, the, the, the way of St. James is really like a spider web. There are dozens, if not hundreds of different ways that people might walk that route because you would just start from your house if you lived in Europe and you would just walk towards Santiago de Compostela. Um, So I did the the Camino Portuguese. I started in Porto, Portugal, um, really because I was really fascinated by the St. James story, right? And there's so much that we get from the New Testament. And then there is so much that is derived from the Bible stories, right? So we know um, that that James and all of the apostles went out to tell the story of, of Jesus. And it's said that James himself went to Spain and tried very hard to convince the Celtic uh, people there that you know, to, to follow the way of Jesus. And by all accounts, he was not terribly successful, but passionate about being there. Um, James returned to Jerusalem and became a martyr, um, was killed by the sword. And the, the stories are many and they're varied and you have to, I think, exercise some discretion as to which ones you might choose to believe. But, but the mm-hmm. body of St. James returned to Spain um, and, and is widely angels. believed... Yeah, widely believe that it made its way to uh, Padron in uh, Spain and Galicia. And I wanted to walk a route that went through Padron. So oh, okay. the Camino Portuguese goes through Padron, um, where the, the, um, the tomb of St. James was found and then taken to Santiago. So Santiago de Compostela... Um, and I think you kind of got into this a little bit, but when his body, um, his tomb was discovered, right. Um, the gentleman followed the stars to find it through the field. So, uh, Santiago de Compostela, Santiago is St. James, uh, St. Iago, 
uh, de Compostela, uh, you know, in the field of stars. So Santiago de Compostela, the cathedral there now, um, is home to the relics of St. James. So I wanted to be there. It was so easy to walk because, okay. you know, you follow the yellow arrows, right? You don't need a map. <laughs> you don't need a compass. You don't need a GPS. You don't even need an app. Um, you just walk and there, there are yellow arrows that lead you almost every road that you could conceivably go. Every path and trail you could conceivably walk has these yellow arrows. So you follow them to Santiago de Compostela. When you're tired, there's a lot of infrastructure on this pilgrimage route. So there are albergues and pensions and municipal hostels that will take people in for the night and very inexpensive. Uh, okay. There are restaurants along the way that give you the pilgrim's menu, you know, that's maybe oh, five that's or fun. six euro. So it's, it, you know, you, you don't, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can stay in very nice hotels. You can eat at very nice restaurants, but the infrastructure is such that almost anyone could walk the Camino. And for me, that made it very appealing to do as my very first pilgrimage. Well, that sounds like, you know, you don't have to carry your tent. You don't have to carry no tent. Bag. Yeah. You don't no sleeping carry, bag. You don't have to no carry cook food. kit. Yeah. yeah no yeah. cook kit. Um, you can have a really nice coffee if you want to, uh, you know, you stop at a, at a cafe. So that's, it seems like pretty accessible. Listen, um, the best part for me was uh -huh. I would stop in the cafes every morning and I would get a bacon bocadilla, which is, bacon uh, like a, like, which is like <laughs> a back bacon, bacon sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> With, um, you know, and like some crusty bread and I'd get my, that sounds, that sounds pretty good about now. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, so my first Camino was filled with these bacon bocadillos and dreams of, of finding more bacon bocadillos along the uh, that's along what the kept way. you going. That's so funny. <laughs> There's this thing at uh, bocadillo de, de tortilla patata, uh, which is basically like a potato omelet, yeah, in between two pieces of bread. I'm like, oh my goodness, and they think Americans <laughs> are carb obsessive. <clears throat> you guys beat us to so, the punch on that one. Well, Spanish. you're walking though, right? You're burning that's it true. all off. So, hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, you need that. Don't walk the Camino. No, oh, you, you've so, got to, you got to get that. But yeah, you know, yeah. if you're a coffee con leche, whatever you might be, um, you know, the, and the, the people in Spain are so gracious to the pilgrims. It doesn't matter your background. I met people from South Korea, Australia, South Africa, Europe, all over North America, Brazil, Latin America. Um, you don't need to speak Spanish. They will, they will pour out their heart and soul to make sure you have anything you need. So, um, just a wonderful pilgrimage. And in the end, uh, my family met me at the uh, Cathedral de Santiago de Compostela, and oh, it was nice. just a, a wonderful welcoming. So, um, go ahead. Pardon the pun, but walk us through how it went from the first pilgrimage to this is the thing that I do now. Yeah, Gustavo. Um, so, there are a couple things that happen on pilgrimage that I think invite or almost call people, if you will, to do future pilgrimages. One is, I mean, let's be honest, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives, we very rarely make time to be introspective. Um, we very rarely make time to have new experiences or to ask more of ourselves um, than we would just, you know, going to our jobs or going home to the store or being home with our families. Um, And so being able to make this long walk, I, you know, my, my job was gracious enough to allow me the time off, um, to be with people from other cultures and other places, really talking and laughing and crying and sweating and, you know, going through the whole experience of being, you know, on a hot summer day, walking these trails. Um, and then, you know, I arrived to Santiago de Compostela. I was mentally exhausted. Um, just from all that I had encountered, I was physically broken, uh, from the experience because no one told me in Portugal, they have cobblestones, which they're like, you walk on them. And then all of a sudden they're like hobblestones. I mean, I kind of beat my feet up a bit. Uh, and I was spiritually laid out because, you know, I was at a point in my faith journey where I was, um, maybe lapsed, but listening, uh, to borrow Egan's expression, um, And I said, um, you know, I really found myself along the way. And, and all of those things combined mm. were so personally 
uh, spiritually, mentally enriching that the minute I finished, you know, we, we left Spain and we took a couple days holiday, um, over in Ireland. And I found myself grabbing the laptop at some point in like starting to Google, like, Irish pilgrimage, uh, <laughs> you know, where would I want to go next? Um, and I, I think it's really a combination of all of the above, but, but being with people who are going through different phases of their lives and, you know, you, you kind of make, I, I don't know, I call it like a, a tribe or a pilgrim family. You meet people along the way who touch yeah, your life. Yeah. Right. And, um, when you have experiences that are enriching like that, whether it's you know, that you followed your hobby and you, you went sailing and, you know, the next thing you want to do when you get home is pack up and go sailing. Um, mm -hmm. it was a bit like that for me, uh, with pilgrimage as well. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm a storyteller at heart. And, um, there were so many people I met along the way who were willing to, you know, pour out their heart to me. Um, and then we got hit with the pandemic, right. And we were all locked down yeah. and, I was just missing it. And so that's really the reason I started writing a book about it. That's really the reason I started, you know, doing a podcast because I missed my tribe. Um, those pilgrims who were, who were seeking. Yeah. That, <clears throat> excuse me. That, um, I think our, our, one of the conversations that I had with our former pastor in our, in our parish here in Phoenix did the Camino twice. Yeah. And he was sharing some similar experience that at the end, he's like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, and he got his answer from, from that, um, uh, to that prayer and in wonderful. several different ways. Um, but I think cause not everybody yeah. does, right? Like yes, we, exactly. we don't, we don't know what, what we are called to do or what we're called to experience mm -hmm. or what we're called to contribute. And, <clears throat> you know, we think we're on this path, right? physically, proverbially, literally, um, and, and maybe it's not right. Maybe we're supposed to be, you know, we, we think else. we're, we're venerating the saints or we're enriching our spiritual life. And maybe it's just that we're supposed to meet this one person along the way. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I, a lot of people pour a lot into pilgrimage and, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of these places are, there's sort of this, um, dual audience maybe of, um, people who are walking for their health. They're walking for adventure. They're walking for tourism. They're walking, um, uh, you know, to just have a new experience like I thought I would be. And then there are people who are, you know, doing it as a celebration of their faith. And I think you asked me about pilgrims. I think you know, when we think about pilgrimage, pilgrimage is like an expression of faith. Right. Um, and I think if you're one of the, if you're faithful about it and you're investing, like this is a, a faithful practice that you intend to do, then it's really about the journey much more yes. so than, than the, the destination. destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I think maybe that's one of the things that separates like pilgrims at heart is that they are focused on the next step, the next moment the next day versus the next city, the next, uh, cathedral, the next destination. Yeah. Um, I definitely had experiences like that. Like, um, when I went to Carmel in, in Monterey Bay, which, yeah. uh, is it the last mission in the North or it's still one Northern than that? There's one just a little further North, but yeah, that's, um, you know, going to the, the, California missions, whether you're walking or driving or, you know, you're going, if you're in elementary school, they, mm -hmm. many of the schools, especially the, the parish schools, you know, will go to the missions. And I think that's a great example of how people can go to some of these places, um, that we, that we celebrate, um, and many that we venerate in order to experience what it's like a little bit to be there. I was walking, um, I don't want to step on your story here, so excuse me. No, I mean it's a good segue, but it, I it, when I saw that you have done the uh, the California missions trail, my yeah. wife is from Northern California, and uh, my my mother in law lives in Salinas, which is like okay close by to to Monterey. Um, so we will um, to to Monterey to Carmel, and um, 
we went to daily mass and the priest is like, who would like to read the readings for the day? And I was like, pick me, hand pick up. Me. <laughs> um, so I got to, Walter's my, in. My, cl- my claim to fame is that I got to read the, the readings for the daily mass when we went to, to Carmel. And it's like, when do you get to do that kind of stuff when you are, um, you know, in front of like the, um, the tomb of St. Junipero, Sarah. Yeah. Um, and then That's I think just in San Diego, in San Diego, we also went to like the San Diego mission, which is another mm-hmm. beautiful uh, church, but those are the only two that we have been to. And after that, my wife and I were like, let's just go to all of them. Um, but we have four small children and walking yeah. from San Diego to San Francisco seems like a little bit of a challenge represents. So can you talk for, about... for you guys, not for the kids, right? Oh, the kids will be like, <laughs> yeah, they Hurry be up, like, will, they're killing it. Hurry up, Daddy. Come on. Take six you're, months to finish. You're it. weighing us down, Dad. Come on. Hurry up. <laughs> Why do you walk faster? I have all the equipment. I'm a pack mule, basically. Um, can, can Walter you talk the about, Sherpa. I know. <laughs> I like that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, um, like, is there as much infrastructure or is something similar to, like, the California Missions Trail for someone that wants to do it? um on foot because i know that like the pacific trail the pacific trail crest or like the appalachian trail Mm -hmm. those are like true hikes that people do with everything on on their backs right but um you don't hear that so much about like um the california missions so is is there what was your experience with it yeah, so you know, I've actually uh, hiked a portion of the Appalachian Trail and the Florida National Scenic Trail, um, and so you know, I started as a as a backpacker, right, as a hiker, nice. um, long before I was um, before I was walking these pilgrimages. And the pilgrimage backpack is way lighter, as you said. <laughs> you know, I don't have to. You know, I take a I take a thirty two liter backpack, which is about the size somebody would take if they were throwing their laptop in for work and. That's how I walk for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, So the California Mission Trail, um, to answer your question first, does not have the type of infrastructure that you would find on the Camino de Santiago. Um, There is a fantastic group on Facebook, the California Mission Walkers. And there's a new 501c3 California Mission Trail that is working to signpost and kind of help people find the California Mission Trail. Um, so in some ways it's, you know, I think it's, um, like a graduate level walk because you are responsible for your own navigation. Um, and you know, you're walking through some of the biggest metro areas in the United States, you know, you're going through San Diego and Los Angeles and, and places where, you know, you're using the crosswalk. So that's a little different, uh, than necessarily, you know, I'm waiting on the red light. So, uh, it's not necessarily, you know, the Camino de Santiago or walking through, you know, the champagne fields in France on the Via Francigena. Um, but it's incredibly rewarding. I mean, I started in San Diego, uh, at the mission San Diego, Acala, as you, as you visited, you know, made my way up through Torrey Pines and you're walking along the ocean and it's, breathtaking. Now, you know, it's pretty unusual to have backpackers or walkers out in that area. So most people are there to surf or to, Mm -hmm. you know, go to the beach or they're just living their daily lives. As you make your way, you're walking into a cafe and there's, you know, nine people just waiting for a venti. Um, (laughs) so it, it is like this contrast between your purpose and the secular world. And that can be yeah, that's that's a bit of a, a challenge as well because you 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 want to create this space, or at least I do, where you can be more reflective. Mm-hmm. And when you're surrounded by what would be your normal day to day, you know, people on their iPads, people wait for the bus, people honking horns, whatever it might be, it can be a challenge for you to you know to manage your headspace a little bit. But I'll tell you, I had a really just incredible moment. Um, on my way as I was walking the missions and there were these, this is during COVID, um, you know, and we were all, especially, you know, every state had its own thing, Florida, I think 
not sure COVID ever existed in Florida. <laughs> they just outlawed it. I'm not sure. We outlaw things here. Um, but in California, you know, it was very, very tight uh, for the lockdowns. So you had, you had, this was in 2021, a year or so into the, mm-hmm. the pandemic. And so things were opening up a little bit. You could do certain things. And so I was making my way up uh, to the mission and I was there and there was a family with two little girls and they were working on their fourth grade project to write about the missions. And I was carrying my backpack and I had my shell on my backpack, which is kind of like a symbol of Mm -hmm. the pilgrimage. Right. And my backpack's got some patches and stickers and pins and stuff that I kind of collected along the way. Um, and the little girl kind of walked up to me and I'd set my pack down and I was kind of taking some pictures. Um, and she said, are you a pilgrim? And I, same thing I said to you, like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, maybe <laughs> Can't make, she's yeah. like, she's like, I, I really want to be a pilgrim. And, uh, that's why we came here. And I said, I think that's why I came here too. And so we talked to, you know, we talked to the girls a little bit and talked to their mom and we took some pictures and I showed them some pictures on my phone of different places I had been. And I had some, I had, um, a lot of times I'll take a shell and I'll write something I'm thinking about on it and I'll just sort of give it back. Right. I had planned, I took Mm -hmm. a few shells and I had planned to be by the ocean and sort of write out my reflections or something on a scallop shell and kind of send it off to the ocean. So I had a couple of shells in my bag and I like wrote out their names and like pilgrim on it. And I gave it to them. And we, um, we got at every mission as you're going to the California missions, they have a mission passport, which is kind of like, um, the pilgrim passport that you would carry Mm -hmm. to Compostela. And so we got them a pilgrim passport. We went into the, the gift shop, they sell them there. And I got them some pilgrim passports and we got them stamped. All three of us got them stamped together. So I said, okay, we're all three pilgrims now. And I talk about the the girls in my, um, in my first book. And, you know, it's moments like that where you kind of ask yourself, like, what am I doing here? Um, mm-hmm. But also like, what are we all doing here? And, yeah. you know, when, when those things collide a little bit, I feel like I get to learn as much from the people I interact with and anything I see or pass or, or visit along the way. Yeah, there's That's no beautiful. coincidences. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like in the middle of lockdowns and stuff, this little girl wants to be a pilgrim. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the um the sense of adventure that comes with it is also like um kind of like a thrill from it. Um like my oldest boy is 6 and we are going to start doing troops of St. George, so he's really excited about like camping equipment and mm-hmm. sleeping bags and he wants to sleep in his sleeping bag in his bed and um it, it's really um uh, endearing to me to see him excited about that i was in the boy scouts growing up so i know that getting yeah, me out too. into nature is mm-hmm. like good for for a kid to experience that so the fact that you have a fourth grader saying i want to be a pilgrim it's like all right Right yeah, I mean, on. you just don't hear a lot about it, right? Because it's yeah. pilgrimage is such a, you know, it's such a thing in our culture where it seems far away. It seems distant. Um, yeah. And I think in popular culture, it's maybe having a little bit of a, a renaissance. Um, but, you know, people have been walking pilgrimage for thousands of years, whether it's yeah. to, to Mecca or Jerusalem or Rome or, you know, the, the Buddhist among the, um, the 88 temples in Japan or over in India. I, I think people have been seeking something that expresses their faith in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, now people of, of all faiths and none can do that. People who are spiritual, but, um, you know, perhaps not religious, right. Which is a really interesting combination that you guys have talked about sometimes, but you know, it's like, where is that space? But I think all of us seek something greater than ourselves and all of us seek reflection, all of us seek that opportunity. And I think what I would loosely call pilgrimage is just that headspace to do it. It's permission to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of us like me, like I, in order to give myself that permission, I kind of have to, to go, I have to, to walk. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, um, want to suffer through it. Right. <laughs> I want to have comfortable shoes. I want to, want to have a light backpack. I want to try to find a bed at night. But for me, the journey is very much like the, the thing with the opportunity I'm seeking. Yeah. Nice. I was recently in New Mexico and we, we talked about this in, in that episode that you mentioned and the contrary of that, you know, you see people walking from Santa Fe to Shimayo mm -hmm. with crosses on their back, you know, or like some people like do the last mile, like on their knees mm -hmm. and things like this. And it's like well, you like said, you know, in it's Mexico city and the Basilica of Guadalupe, mm -hmm. they go on their knees from like the, yeah. the threshold. Or, or in, in Portugal, you know, you walk, um, all the, all the stairs on your knees. I mean, so mm -hmm. the things that people do as, you know, an expression of faith are, are varied. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's good. Right. So, yeah. and, and on the, on the Camino, I think one of the things that is challenging for all of us is not to try to impart our own practice on yes. others. Yeah. It's a very um, personal journey. Basically. Yeah. And you know, what if, what if there's someone who, um, there's a great movie that a lot of people watch in the, especially in the United States called the way with Martin Sheen, um, produced by and directed by Emilio Estevez. And it's about the Camino de Santiago. And that was one of my very first, um, exposure in maybe 2012 to the Camino mm -hmm. de Santiago. And, you know, one of the characters there is, is, is not, um, practicing any faith. Right. Um, but arrives to find faith. And if you were to judge that person throughout the entirety of the journey, when they're, you know, having a party or doing this, that, or the other, you might, you might be very quick, um, to judge them. And I think that's one of the things that we all have to realize when we're, you know, it's day to day, of course, but especially when you've invested so much into your <clears throat> own journey, um, you know, it becomes easy, I think for us to be critical of others. Um, and I see it on the, there's a lot of Camino Facebook groups, right? People say, Oh, I want to walk the Camino, but I can't carry a backpack. <laughs> right. And which is fair. There are a lot of people who maybe the physicality of it, you know, it just is yeah. too much, um, because of their health, because of the way they, they, you know, the way that they want to do the Camino because of a, a, a physical disability. But I've seen pilgrims who were 99 years old, you know, out there walking. Wow. And to me, that's much more like what they're doing feels more um, connected than what I'm doing, you know, with my backpack and just sort of walking with my water mm -hmm. bottle and, and so on. So I think we, you know, you have to be careful not to put too much of your own um, definition on others. For sure, yeah. Sorry that we cut you off. What was the finish your thought on uh, the the Santa Fe to Chimayo? Oh, that was it. You know that no, I think you you covered it perfectly, Kevin. Is the fact that you you never know what's going on in somebody else's head, you know, yeah. and it's a very personal journey, and it's it's something that you're like you might see somebody like on their knees and like, dude, come on, it's not mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. No, it, for that person, it is a big deal. And that's their expression of their faith, their love to God. And, and it's about walking along with them, but not judging, you know, like you said, or not trying to impose the way you walk. And so, so I, that was, that was a point. I think you covered it perfectly. Yeah. And Gustavo, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, cause people have a different, um, experience, but also you might have different experiences along the mm -hmm. way. So there are times where I want to walk by myself. You know, yeah. I want to be in my own head thinking about something that's important to me. And I try to make time every day when I'm walking, you know, I dedicate part of my day each day to a different person or relationship in my life that I want to focus on. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a quiet, reflective time for me. Um, you know, whether it's my wife, my son, my, my parents, my brother, that I really want to be focused on that. And so during that time, if somebody walks up to me, they may say, oh, Buen Camino, where are you going? Buen Camino. And you just sort of wave. And there's like this international 
I don't know. It's like this international recognition <laughs> oh, no. that that's that it's alone time, right? And you yeah. kind of you kind of ebb and flow from alone and group, and um, yeah, it's one of the beauty I think of, of finding your tribe and and finding people who are like minded or, or or headed in your direction, if you will, along the Camino or along the pilgrimage. The Camino is clearly the most popular of all the pilgrimage routes, um, the Christian pilgrimage routes um, for walkers. There are many more pilgrims that go to Rome. Um, you know, there are buses and buses of faithful that visit uh, St. Peter's Basilica. Um, okay. So it was really special for me as a walker to walk all through Italy and to arrive in St. Peter's. And if you're a walker, you've got your stamps along the way. And just like in Santiago de Compostela, you earn um, a piece of paper, right? Your um, Compostela. Yeah, the Compostela in in Santiago and the testimonium in Rome. But to go into St. Peter's and to go to the vicar's office and, and get your last stamp and to have them write your name down on the certificate or to, to hand you the certificate, you know, and then, um, this I'm, I'm in Florida. So we're the world of Disney, right? Um, <laughs> Disney has these things called the fast pass where you can just right. get onto a ride. You don't have to wait in the line. Um, but the pilgrim passport, you know, at St. Peter's is the same. So you don't wait in the queue to visit the Basilica. You don't wait in the queue to go to the Scavi and visit, you know, the tomb of, of St. Peter. And so I was able to go and pray at the tomb with the prayers of pilgrims that I had carried and, um, just, you know, really powerful moment for me. Mm. Um, probably one of the most powerful, um, is uh, the lightest thing I ever carried, um, were the prayers of others and the heaviest thing <laughs> I ever carried literally the heaviest thing in my backpack were those prayers because people I, I only on two occasions have I asked or volunteered to carry the prayers for others just because I knew where I was going and I knew it might be impactful to other people. But you know, what they, what they wrote, um, you know, I just have so much respect for the men and women of the cloth that, that take on the prayers of others because, um, these things are so personal and so powerful and so impactful. I just felt insignificant in their face mm. and, um, you know, to be able to light candles on their behalf was just, it meant more to me than maybe my own journey that I was able to do something mm -hmm. for someone. That's amazing. That's a great story. And you're really, you were not kidding when you said you're a good storyteller at heart. Um, I don't know if I'm so, a good storyteller at heart. I love stories. So sorry. that's one of the reasons I started the podcast, right? Because I like talking yeah. to people. I like listening to their stories. And um, I'm in the process of writing a book called The Pilgrim's mm -hmm. Table, which um, okay. is a fictional book. Um, okay. I want to finish it. Uh, it's probably going to take me all year. So maybe it'll be out next year. But it sort of incorporates the stories along the way of the people that I've come in contact with um, and the people that I've spoken to. And so the characters in the book, there are, there are five pilgrims mm -hmm. that basically are all coming different routes and they end up in one albergue, one man's home, having dinner together, five strangers. And you know, when you're with people and you've been on similar journeys, you just get to talking like we're doing mm -hmm. and those stories just come out. And so I'm really excited to share some of those and my own experiences and reflections through that storytelling. Um, so fingers so crossed, guys. Uh, yeah, well, we're, well, maybe we're that on the lookout for that. Yeah, yeah and, may, and maybe that book turns into the much needed movie that we need for for. Oh, I wouldn't go that reboot far. for the Camino. Come on, <laughs> it's, we'll talk it's about been it. a good it's been a good 10, 11 okay, years. Okay, I got Gustavo in. He's in. He's my he's my hype hype man. At least do the. Uh, um, the, he's a graphic designer, so he can at least do the. Yeah, dude. The, you could do the poster art. art. Yeah, yeah you, can do and, you know he's pretty. He's pretty good looking guy too. Maybe maybe we can talk him <laughs> into can it, act, Walter. He could be. The, yeah. See. I mean, I yeah. can I can act like I'm walking. Here's. I mean, it's a good that... thing. It's a good thing people can see the podcast video because. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> we blur <laughs> we blur my face out by the way in post. Sorry, Don't worry everybody. about yeah, it. I already I already I already broke my camera. Um. <laughs> So, but the other book that you have, Sacred Steps, a Pilgrimage Journal, 
That one's going to yeah. be available on Easter of 2020. It's going to be available by Easter 2023. So it's in the final edit right now. And so we're hoping to get it out and get it published um, next spring. So Sacred Steps, A Pilgrimage Journal, that's my first book. And it's really this, it starts where I started at this intersection of history and faith, right? Mm. And it kind of tells the story of these pilgrimage routes, not only through the experiences I've had, but also their historical significance, other mm. pilgrims uh, throughout time who have made those journeys, you know, from Catherine of Aragon to Santiago de Compostela, um, but also looks at more than just the Camino. There are about a billion and one uh, Camino books out there. Um, so <laughs> that's all we need is one more Camino book. Is somebody saying, I walked the Camino and here's what it meant to me. Um, it was different so, for that person. <laughs> it was, and that's their story, right? And that's, what's beautiful. But yep. for me, I wanted to give people an opportunity to see maybe beyond just the Camino. So I talk about my Camino experience, but I also talk about my walks in the UK, walking through California, walking in Italy, um, because I, it's different everywhere you go, right? Mm -hmm. That walk uh, along St. Cuthbert's Way to Lindisfarne, Holy Island, I haven't done anything like that in my whole life. And the experience of walking across as, as the tides recede and the island kind of opens up, right? The Literally, like it's it feels biblical, you know, like the waters yeah. part. Part. Right. <laughs> and there's these, there's these path of these old oak timbers that just kind of mark the way, like this is the high line of the water. Um, and that's the path that you take to Lindisfarne Priory. And, you know, you have to go at, at low tide. And so that's in, in the morning in England, for me, low tide, the, the walking time was like 7.05. So I had to get to the the edge of the water by about 7.05. And it's about a 90-minute walk across to the island. And, you know, 7.05, right? It's like sunrise. And, mm. you know, we had had this huge storm the night before. It was like 37 degrees and rain and wind. And England and Scotland were giving it to me all they had. Right. And I was calling my <laughs> wife the night before and I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go like this is, this is pretty intense. Um, but it cleared out all the skies. So you had these like perfect, beautiful skies. You're walking, um, to the East. Um, so you're walking right to the rising sun, uh, with these poles and in the background, you know, it's just, it's, it's the middle of the sea. So it's, it's nature, right? You've got birds swooping, up ahead, there's sea lions barking um, out on the North Sea. And you know that, and I had researched because I didn't know, but you know that for 1,500 years, people have walked across this sea to get to the Abbey. And what it meant to those who were seeking refuge while... Um, so many were being persecuted for their faith. And, you know, it was just to be in those places, to put your feet where others had before you, that really meant an awful lot to me. That was really an incredible experience. And I, you know, I reflect on it in sacred steps. And I think it's, to me, people are like, what walk would you do again? I would do the walk St. Cuthbert's Way to Lindisfarne again any day I could, but I'm not sure I'll ever be able to do it again. I'm not sure it'll ever be that moment. And I'm not sure I ever want to try it to make it that moment. Right. right? Because I want to spoil it because it was so special. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, like if you have a favorite restaurant when you're growing up, right. Or a favorite movie, and then you watch it again when you're an adult and you're like, this is different. It's not the um, same. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. Uh, you know, I, there's a little bit of, um, a special moment that I had in that walk. And I'm, you know, I think that's, it'll always be incredibly special because it might be the one time I do it. Mm -hmm. there, well, there's so many layers to pilgrimages, you know, from, from our conversation just now, it's, it's, you can go about it any which way you want. And for any yeah. reason or within, with whatever uh, uh, outcome 
you know, mm-hmm. whatever goal you have. So there's, it's just so varied and so beautiful. Uh, the, the getting lost in history that, that did happen to me, you know, both in San Juan Capistrano and in, yeah. I didn't, I didn't do a pilgrimage we visited, but both in San Juan Capistrano and in Chimayo, it's just like time stopped, you yeah. know, and, and I'm, it's incredible to see that first of all, the structures are still there. So I'm grateful for people that, that invest their time and volunteer in upkeeping uh, uh, structures like that. So future generations can enjoy them, you know, and, but it, it, it does, it does get you in a different headspace. You know, you walk into like little dark rooms in, in um, San Juan Capistrano and you're like, they prayed here, you know, mm-hmm. and that they, they build these walls. It's like you walk in the garden and like monks walk through those gardens and now like people with cameras are walking through it, just taking pictures, <laughs> selfies. Yeah. Um, so it does, it does like give you a different perspective, you know, on how, how, how much we've gone through and, and, mm-hmm. and how privileged we are in a lot of different aspects uh, compared to people that were, like you said, being persecuted or like didn't know if they're going to have rain the next day for the crops or yeah. it's just a different set of circumstances that I think also help the, the, the walker, you know, the pilgrim mm-hmm. um, get into that headspace to say this, they had their issues, but they also had their priorities in check. Yeah. And, you know, San Juan Capistrano is actually where I met the two little girls out by the fountain uh, there by the bells. Um, But, you know, just south of there, um, one mission prior is um, uh, San Luis Rey. And now that is... uh, it's run by the Franciscans. And so you can go there and stay with the Franciscans um, and have a night or a week of Franciscan life. And, you know, in and of itself, it's a great retreat space mentally, spiritually. And so I stayed with the Franciscans one night and we had, we had great stories and then it was quiet, right? Like, um, it and it's time uh, for the great silence. I think they observe the great silence as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, was really a, a wonderful experience for me as well to have walked all day, been exhausted and or to arrive you, to get there. You kind of go, it seems like endlessly uphill. You never, I never realized the topography of California, um, but it's like two big mountains and a little bit of a bowl in the middle. Um, <laughs> and you're like, okay, so everything's uphill. Got it. Um, but um, yeah, I think that that's a great example. And then on the Camino, there are two really incredible American uh, 501c3s, one from Texas and okay. one from New Jersey, um, Warriors on the Way and Veterans on the Camino. And they raise funds to take servicemen and women uh, on the Camino de Santiago to help combat PTSD. Wow. And, That's amazing. you know, the, the stories we had. We had uh, the gentleman from both organizations on different episodes of the Sacred Steps podcast. And, you know, ours, I'm a couple of, of years older than you guys, but ours is a generation, you know, that has been hit so hard by veteran suicide um, because we've asked so much uh, of so few. And th- these men and women, you know, when they, when they leave the military in particular, um, they often feel they, they've lost a sense of brotherhood and connectivity to service and the warriors on the way organization or veterans on the Camino, all of a sudden you're back with a unit, right? Mm. You've got, and they are very military about it. They've got their ruck, um, not a backpack. (laughs) They've got their ruck. They got their boots, but the organizations provide everything. They provide the backpack. They provide the boots. They provide the transportation. They provide dinner, uh, you know, accommodations, flights, everything to get um, men and women to be able to be back in these spaces where they can laugh and share and cry and fall apart and be rebuilt all over again Mm -hmm. in a safe space where others are walking towards Santiago de Compostela and whether, you know, whether you're Catholic, Protestant, um, Christian, or practicing some other faith or none at all, Mm -hmm. um, there's a place for you on the, on the Camino. And there's a, there's a place for you within pilgrimage. Beautiful. That is such a 
cool, man. That's such a good yep. mission. Um, Kevin, where can people find you in everything that you do? Yeah, I can't imagine they would want to, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe you guys can link it in the show notes, but uh, I do mm -hmm. I do have a podcast. Um, we're getting ready to hit season three on the podcast and on the show, I talk to uh, Camino pilgrims and authors who are sharing their stories. Okay. Um, so on whatever podcast app you're streaming on today, it's the Sacred Steps podcast. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Sacred Steps book dot com sacred steps podcast dot com and uh very soon the pilgrims table dot com so um i appreciate you guys talking a little bit about pilgrimage and different ways that we practice faith and the way that uh, it moves us in our day-to-day -day lives both in our familiar settings and for those that we embrace that are a little less familiar like pilgrimage nice i love it you motivated me to dust off my hiking boots and uh, hit the trail. Yes, we're going. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, look for Walter and I at WalterAndKevinWalk.com. I know. <laughs> yeah, because maybe 2024, because my youngest is still pretty young that I don't want to leave my wife alone for a oh, yes. period of time. So, Well, my 50th birthday is next spring, and my son, who's um, going to be 14, wants to walk the Camino with me. And oh, so that. like what a better gift to give one another, right? Yeah. And I think the thing that I want to do while we're making that walk is uh, the thing that my wife told me at the very beginning. She gave me um, a journal and she said, write it all down. You know, whatever you feel, whatever you experience. And I can't imagine a better gift to give myself and maybe one day share with my son than writing down what it was like to walk with your your son or your children um, or to be in a place that means so much to you. But we can do that every day at home, right? We can, mm -hmm. we can do yeah, that every absolutely. single day at home. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, Kevin, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us. And um, yeah, we look forward to your upcoming uh, walks and in the podcast and the books we'll keep an eye out and we'll put all the links in the description of, of this uh, episode and for everybody else uh, go to direct.me forward slash barbatus for more information on the podcast and we'll see you next week gustavo walter be well stay safe and buen camino my friends buen camino god bless, buen camino. God bless. <laughs>